I like chili and onions, and they're both grown in the Mesilla Valley. Michael Swickert here. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili, boy, is it good. It's from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. I'm glad you could join me today for a podcast about history and culture of New Mexico with an emphasis on agriculture since three times a day I use agriculture. It's called breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I also have a fresh chili company snack between meals. Thanks, agriculture. This third week of February, I see that the New Mexico onion crops are just starting to be in the Mesilla and Hatch Valley fields. Onions come in several varieties, actually a bunch of varieties, with researchers aiming at different markets. Best known are the onions that are not pungent. We call them sweet onions. The Fresh Chili Company has something that mixes both onions with chili. It's Hatch Sweet Onion Dressing. has sweet onions in it. The Hatch Valley is known for chili, but it also grows some of the sweetest onions in the world. The Fresh Chili Company took sweet onions, combined them with avocado oil, added their own Hatch Chili Dijon mustard, and they got a dressing that is great on salads. It's great on fruits. It's also a good marinade for grilling and roasting. Comes in a 16-ounce jar, and it is very delicious. In our area of the Southwest, the use of chili and chili spice is for us like people using salt and pepper somewhere else in the world. We who love the taste extra that chili adds to our food, we'll add it to whatever we're eating almost in a superstitious action. And like all things superstitious, we often cannot actually tell how much chili is in our stews and burritos exactly, but don't get me wrong, we know when there isn't any. When you've gotten used to that great kick of chili, without it, the food tastes bland and uninspiring. When you're just starting to eat Hatch Valley red and green chili, you know a small amount will do you fine. Just continue to enjoy the mild chili for a while, and you have that small kick that's pretty good. You, you can really taste it and feel it. And then something will happen. It's happened to all of us. At one meal, it will taste fine, but you realize, ah, there's something missing. What you find missing is that little extra kick that, that the chili gives. It's at that point you'll decide that mild chili just is not enough. Since you've tried not to burn yourself down, you don't necessarily go to hot chili, so you order medium, which works out just fine. And a little later, it may happen this way, it happens this way for most of us, you'll decide that medium just doesn't have enough kick and you go to hot. Now, whatever it is when you're eating chili, just enjoy it. Now, New Mexico has some tasty steakhouses. I'm not telling any stories out of school here. Yes, we have good steakhouses, and it's just fine to add chili on the side as you have some great New Mexico beef. But be careful. There's one thing, and maybe they'll tell you, maybe they won't. Don't ask for ketchup. If it's what it, but now, there is something you could ask for. It's hatchup. Uh, hatchup isn't ketchup. It's hatch chili with ketchup, and you can ask for hatchup, and it would be just fine, and it's great on steak. 
And just so you know, there is officially the New Mexico Certified Chili. New Mexico Certified Chili has a trademark certification. Some chili growers in other places, well, they try to sell their chili as if it's New Mexico-grown chili because that's the best. The certification trademark lets you know that you are getting the real thing. Those out-of-state companies will not have that trademark. So look for that New Mexico certified chili that, that has a seal. If it's not there, you can ask about it. New Mexico businesses want to support New Mexico chili, and I'm sure they will thank you for asking. Buy New Mexico chili, and you will not be sorry. Michael Swigert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico. Sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico, you can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. So let's do some New Mexico history. The oldest building on the campus of New Mexico State University was called for a long time, a hundred years, it was called the YMCA Building. It was constructed at this time in 1909. It's still there, but it has a new name. It's today the William B. Conroy Honors System or Center. Former NMSU President Conroy, at age 90, died at this time two years ago, and the NMSU Regents the next month renamed that building the William B. Conroy Honors Center. And this oldest building on campus has had many names over the years when opened on the campus of what then was called New Mexico College of Agriculture and Mechanical Arts. It was the Student Union Building, and it was given the name Hadley Hall. But it was also called the YMCA Building, since that's where much of the construction money came from. Uh, Another Hadley Hall was built where the current Hadley Hall is, but then that Hadley Hall burnt down. One of the problems of the era was burning buildings down. Three Hadley Halls over the years burnt down. The very first building to the campus, which you just see the corner bricks uh, to the west of Hadley Hall, that was called Old Main, and it burnt down in 1910, 20 years after it was constructed under the name McPhy Building. It was called Old Main by everybody. Another building that looked very much like the YMCA building I'm talking about was built just west of Goddard Hall, where Jet Hall is now. It was named Wilson Hall. Yep, in 1937, it burnt down, one of the problems they had. Uh, So as to other uses besides being the student union building for a graduating class of eight members that year, 1908, Some years afterward, it was the music department, and eventually for me, Michael Swickard, from 1968 to 1972, it was the Air Force ROTC building, the Reserve Officer Training Corps building, including classrooms, administration, even had dark rooms for the photography efforts. That's what I actually did for them also, was I was a photographer besides a cadet. Every Tuesday, we marched in our uniforms. At times, I didn't march because I had a camera in my hand, was taking pictures of them. Like other places in the state of New Mexico, like at Western University, Eastern University, University of New Mexico, the buildings at New Mexico State University represent real people. I mean, these were real people. I'd like to take Thomas Hall, the agriculture building. You know how much I like agriculture. Well, 
Dr. Gerald Thomas had quite an impact on New Mexico State University and especially on New Mexico agriculture and commercial crops. Much of the southern New Mexico agricultural efforts were supported by NMSU President Thomas. His specialty was tied right to southern New Mexico drought conditions, how to grow things when you don't have that much water. At age 94, he died, and I can say it now, uh, not as well as this one. I'm going to read you exactly what former NMSU president and former New Mexico Governor Gary Carruthers said when he passed away. He said, without contradiction, Gerald Thomas was the greatest president this university has ever had. He had an unassuming way of connecting with all constituents, students, faculty, the public, and the country. With his commitment to academics, research, and outreach, he guided New Mexico State University through a time of tremendous growth in both enrollment and research funding. He had a wonderful sense of humor and loved both his work and this university. He will be greatly missed. And uh, that was a great statement, and I 100% agree with this. So the William Conroy Honors Building is the oldest building on campus. It's just down from Thomas Hall. It was originally named Hadley Hall, another great man. So many great men, followed by other great educators like Gerald Thomas and William Conroy. We have been blessed with great agricultural leaders, and, and I am just a my every time I think of what it is to go eat, I recognize it's them who made it possible. Michael Swickert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces. You can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. Now let's do a little more New Mexico history. The word gold. Boy, is that part of what we do here in New Mexico? It is gold. You hear people talking about it. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. Last week, in honor of Black History Month, I mentioned there were four men who were the first Europeans to travel, perhaps, through southern New Mexico, at least that we know of, or at least partway through New Mexico. One was an African-American named Esteban. He was uh, made a slave in Morocco by the Portuguese in 1522 and then sold to the Spanish later that year. He was shipwrecked in 1528 near Florida with others of this expedition, and uh, there was hundreds of them, and all that survived were four members. Three of them were Spaniards, including Alvar Nunez Cavasa de Vaca, who wrote a diary about the 2,400-mile walk the four of them did from what is now Galveston, Texas area, through perhaps the Mesilla Valley in 1535, and then down to Mexico City. That diary, can you believe that, is still available? You can go to a bookstore and you can find that diary. Well, when they got back to Mexico City, there was a governor there, a New World Spanish governor, his name was Coronado, and he assigned a Franciscan monk, Marcos de Niza, in 1538 to go find the fabled seven cities of gold, which were somewhere very north of Mexico City, up, up there somewhere. 
Over 40 years, lots of gold and silver had been found in and around Mexico City in that area, so it was rumored that there was even more gold up in the north, way up there somewhere. Marcos de Niza took Estevan, who now was a free man, since he had traveled through the area with the, the four of them had, and had dealt with quite a few native uh, tribes, when they traveled through what was now Texas, New Mexico, and back to Mexico City. The rumors, yes, and I use the word rumors, was untold gold was just waiting for them. That's all they had to do was go find these seven cities of gold. Just pick it up, be rich forever and ever. It isn't all that far-fetched considering how much valuable gold and silver was found in Mexico. So Danaza came up the west coast of Mexico, cut over through what is now the uh, eastern edge of what is now Arizona. And he it was coming into New Mexico south of what would be present-day Gallup, New Mexico. There was a, a city there, large town, a native city called Cibola, well, friends, it proved not very friendly, and they really, really did not think much of people coming and looking for gold because every interaction they'd had hadn't been very good. Deniza had just barely escaped injury by a very rapid retreat away. Poor Esteban. No, he was not as lucky. He was killed by those natives who had no liking for the gold searchers. For one thing, they kept asking about gold, and none of the Native Americans knew anything about it. Again, because it was just a rumor. What was Marcus Deniza to do? Well, he went back to Mexico City. I mean, what would you do? Well, he went back. He told of great wealth. Oh, the cities of gold were so good. But there were guardians that were hostile. And there was lots and lots and lots of gold. He told the story in a way that was believed, even though he didn't bring back even one nugget of gold. And Coronado, the governor, wanted to believe it since it meant the Spanish king would give him more resources. Did they ever find the seven cities of gold? No. <laughs> they didn't do it, but it sent thousands upon thousands of people into New Mexico. And so that's, that's the value of the seven cities of gold. This is Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico on these podcasts. If you have something or someone you'd like me to talk about, write to me, Michael at FreshChiliCo.com. That's Michael at FreshChiliCo.com. Part of these podcasts come from people suggesting topics. You can too. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes. And eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili is good. More is better as long as it's Hatch Valley chili. Bye for now. <music>